The Hundred Marathon Club by Darren Smith. I think, given that November now has no more races booked, that this is a suitable time to look back on 2021 and what passed, what could happen next month, and what I have planned for 2022. Forgiving the heavily caveated notion that what I plan now is what I actually will end up doing. As we know, it never really works out like that. Sadly, I was supposed to run my fourth major this month, but the New York Marathon was one of those thousands upon thousands of races that fell foul to COVID last year. A postponement, and then this year, with the relaxation of travel restrictions coming far too late to attend, we have a further ultimate postponement, this time to 2023. So, with no New York in my calendar, I looked abroad for the month of November in a vain hope of finding another A race to, to end the year on. Istanbul, not Constantinople, and yes, that's no one's business but the Turks, was signed up for. But old Erdogan, that old-school despot, didn't care much for science or a decent vaccination programme, and the country sat on our red list for so long that that race also got binned. Now this, uh, and it makes the bile rise in my body, left Portland Coastal sitting in my calendar for that first weekend, thumbing its misshapen nose at me like the evil hobgoblin that it is. I didn't want to do it. But Lou and Crazy Baz were still signed up. Until, that is, a few days before Beachy Head, when Lou and I had a chat, agreed that our current form was not the best, given the year that we'd both had, and so we binned Portland until February. And thank fuck for that. I was also signed up for the Maspalomas Marathon too at the end of the month on Gran Canaria, but again, travel is a ball ache. And so November has, at one time or another, had four races, three of which are international, and one of which is fucking disgusting, and all three have been crossed out on the wall planner. So what to do? At the moment, as it stands, I have equalled my 2019 record of 14 marathons and above in a year. Actually, though, this year it was 14 marathons and above in 27 weeks. Impressive? Should I care? Be proud? Am I gaslighting myself here? Maybe. But this seemingly braggadocious personal claim is, in fact, true. I have equalled my record. I'm happy with that. And even if I do end up making it 15 in a year by running one next month I'm still going to have to beat that at least a couple of times if I'm to hit my original target of 100 marathons and above by the age of 50 After all, even with one more I only end this year on 66 I have had or had the Valencia Marathon penciled in for the first weekend of December for three years running. But 
it was one of those that I had to cancel myself. Refund given. Well done, Valencia, for that. A lot of races aren't giving refunds. And a special thank you to Katie Burt of Katie Contemplates for the refund assist. So I have Portland Coastal. No, 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 I don't. No, I have Portsmouth Coastal on the 19th of December now, dead flat. Bit of shingle, bit of mud, bit of path, bit of promenade there and back, six hours to beat the tide, but dead flat. And dead flat Portsmouth wins over Portland any day. And Michael Avery talks it up too, so I thought I'll give it a go. And I am preparing for it. Well, I am preparing for it as part of the big PB attempt at Manchester in April. I started by joining my local gym, The Gym, in quotes. And I've been going four days a week, building up my time on treadmills, uh, completing my 54321s. That's five minutes on a bike, five minutes on a climber, and then five minutes on a treadmill, and then four, and then three, and finally one minute. It really does help. I will be following the 50k trail plan that was put together for me by the wonderful Camille Heron, world record holder of the 24-hour lap race, Comrades winner, Javelina 100 winner, Western States, US track and field Olympic team member. What? You think I write my own plans and then stop following them? <laughs> no, I get plans written by the best of the best, and then I stop following them. So, the gym. And running at the gym rather than bulking up with weights. That is the idea as I finish 2021 and look into 2022. But what then? 2021 showed me that cumulative fatigue is a thing. And a thing that zaps my energy after anything from 15 to 35 kilometres. Race after race after race, with a week or two at max in between them to recover, it certainly adds up. I briefly tried to work with a nutritionist and it didn't work for me. I'm too fickle when it comes to what I eat. It is the rechargeable battery, never allowing itself to be fully charged and draining too quickly when you use it. I am no Duracell. So in 2022, to combat this, rather than a race every two weeks, I've decided on one a month. Now, that may manifest itself uh, as one a month, and one of those could be a two-dayer, say, race to the something, or one of the Action Challenge events, or an Extreme Energy multi-day event. Who can say? But one a month is my deal, or the deal that I have with myself. I have, at the time of recording, signed up for half a dozen of those dozen races so far. I have Funchal in January, Portland Coastal in February, Amersham in March, PB attempt at Manchester in April, and Helsinki in May. Then there's a gap before Berlin in September and Chicago in October. I have room to play with the other months to get at least 13 on the board whilst running stronger, quicker 
and with more energy than this year. That is the aim anyway. We shall just see if I can stick to any sort of plan for the first time since I started running marathons back in 2015. But that is the future. And to look into the future, sometimes we need to look into the past. And so, to running shoes and race reviews. The Covid era was a strange time for my running shoe closet. Having been comfortable in my Scott trails and Nike Flex roads for so long, and the Nike Flex as well I used on drier trail races. When, to, when you suddenly had no races, and no gym to go to, and, and no treadmill, and outdoor exercise, remember at the beginning of lockdown one, certainly, outdoor exercise was verboten. Mit Ausweis oder nicht. I just didn't run. No one did. No one was allowed to. And not running meant that those running shoes sat there on the mat by the door, getting kicked whenever the groceries got delivered. I wore the Nike Flex day to day, walking from work rather than catching the Covid cattle cars of the London underground system full of coffers and their coffins. So those shoes wore out, and with the 2020 times so poor across the board, in my head anyway, despite 250k PBs, I needed something to blame. I knew I was untrained. Not undertrained. Untrained. I was overweight, not putting the effort in whilst blaming myself. I needed a fix and a quick fix at that. You can't simply lose 10 kilos overnight. You can't complete a 15-week marathon training programme from the comfort of your armchair, dunking endless custard creams into your 12th cup of tea of the day whilst watching Taskmaster reruns. So where can you get that quick fix, even if it is just a psychological crutch? Well, that's simple. Sign up for races and buy fucking kit. Buy more shoes. You can always guilt yourself into training when you've blown a couple of hundred quid a month on something that won't turn you into Kipchoge once you lace it up. I bought a pair of Hocker One One Carbons and they were great. I loved them. I first wore them for the ultraviolet run to the sea Bournemouth, which quickly, ironically, became my 50k PB by over 20 minutes. Fuck. The shoe thing is working. I am Elliot fucking Kipchoge, after all. Of course, I got the bum's rush when subsequent races were not as fast as before and the Green Man Ultra Reverse route running this year saw those poor Ohoka One One carbons get binned. They were just too messy by the end. They would have caked everything in my bag with mud. But that prompted me to get a pair of Hocker speed goats. Proper trail shoes to replace the Scots. I mean, there was no real reason to replace the Scots. But mentally, for me, it was clean slate time. The Scots were heavy, and at Beachy Head 2020, where I had such a shit time, I blamed them. 
Much like I blamed the La Sportiva Raptors, again, very heavy, for my slow time at Race to the Stones. And to prove me kind of right, when I wore the speed goats for Beachy Head this year, I got a better time, albeit on, a, on an easier course. A pair of ASICs Magic Speed became the new road shoe, or didn't. I didn't racing them. I defaced them to, turn, to tone down the fluorescent orange uh, with a sharpie with the names of prior races towards the 100 Marathon Club and replaced the fluorescent laces with black. But I wore them once for a training run and they gave me all manner of shin pain, so I binned them. So I needed something new. I found a pair of my previous favourite road shoes, the On Cloud Racers, on eBay, the Bay of E. They were discontinued years ago and carried me through my fastest road marathons. Manchester, Berlin, Milton Keynes, Brighton, Madrid. But I wore the new ones once, and they squeaked so much I haven't worn them since. I may still wear them, though. They're in my reserve shoe closet. I was bought a pair of extortionately priced Nike Alpha Fly. And I was embarrassed. I would never in a million years have bought them for myself, but my family are proud of me for some reason and, and got me them without prompting. They are that bright baby blue colour with bright baby blue laces and look like the cloven hooves of the devil from the back. I, as I said, was embarrassed by them and so bought black clothes dye. And as they are flying it, I dyed them a darker shade of blue, and I replaced the laces with black. They still look like devil's hooves from the back, though, but they don't look like Nike Alpha Fly anymore. I used them for my marathon training for Manchester. Well, I, I'm splitting my training evenly between the Alpha Fly and a newly purchased pair of Hocker One One Carbon X2s that actually arrived today. And they will be worn at the gym, park run, and for all training as I, I get ready for the road races of 2022, of which there will likely be eight. Again, we shall see, but my thinking is this. Trail 50Ks slow me down. And as they slow me down, when I try to run a road marathon, I'm running slower. My Manchester time... This year was almost an hour and a half slower than last time. That's embarrassing. And so maybe focusing on getting fast for the road marathons will also help my trail running as well. And let's look back, though, at the 14 races of this year to see where it all went wrong. All right. So they were the Hurtwood 50 and the North Downs Ridge 50, both by Freedom Racing, both muddy, both on the hilly North Downs way, and both with incredibly disappointing finish times. With six months of lost fitness from October 2020 till April 2021, I just did all I could to get round under the cutoff, which I did. Natch. London to Brighton and the South Coast Challenge Day 2 were both on the South Downs way, 
as was run to the sea Brighton. And I would be joined by my brother, for one, and my brother from another mother, Lewis Clark, for another. None of them were fast, in my opinion, although my brother pushed me a bit more than I would have done myself, and I came in two and a half hours faster than when I did the South Coast Challenge Day 1 in 2019 solo. Race to the King was the biggest disappointment, not my performance, as I smashed my weekend double marathon time record by two hours. But more that they deliberately measured day one short. It was only 23 miles. It meant that this weekend didn't count as two towards the 100 Marathon Club, which is annoying as it replaced the two-day Cotswold Way 50. And I am most disappointed that it only counts as one. Oh, I was disappointed. Now, I don't really give a shit. Round Reading Ultra was slower by six minutes than my prior running. And Tring Ultra was faster by five minutes than my prior running of that race. So it is swings and roundabouts for my racing. Although I do always want to do better than the prior runnings of a race. Much like Beachy Head this year, where I beat my 2020 time by 11 minutes. Recording this and reading back on how the year actually really went, it's given me a bit of false hope for the future, as I look back at those races through rose-tinted spectacles. I ran the South Coast Challenge faster, the Double Marrow Weekend faster, Tring faster, Beachy faster, yay! Faster, faster, pussycat. I'm in a remake of The Fast and the Furious, with The Furious being Furious Keith Miller. But my gut feeling about 2021 is that it was slower overall. Green Man, as I said, was slower than 2019. Round Reading, slower than 2020. Loch Ness was 45 minutes slower than 2018. And Manchester, an hour and 25 minutes slower than 2016. That is shocking. That is shameful. And I can't blame the shoes for it. Loch Ness, I wore the same Ultra Tarins, no, Ultra Torrens, that I wore when I smashed South Coast Challenge. Manchester, I wore the brand new Adidas Ultra Boosts. Oh, okay, maybe I can blame the shoes for that dismal shit show. So this year, for want of a Mr. Man or a Gilbert and Sullivan reference, was a bit topsy turvy. It was midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, a record equaling 14 races, four better times, four worse times. 14 races in 27 weeks. But still, I'm a, I'm a bit deflated. Maybe hitting 15 before the end of the year will make all the difference to how I feel about it. However, if I don't make it to Portsmouth then I will call this season of the podcast quits here and speak to you all in the new year. I will come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets. 
no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I'm not mistaken in mine. That's for your Doctor Who fans out there. Next up, fingers crossed, the Portsmouth Coastal Marathon. <laughs> 